Customer experience. It's what sets some of the best companies apart from the rest, yet can often be hard to achieve. Tune in monthly as we uncover the secrets behind great customer experience. This is Experience Better, the CX Podcast. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Experience Better, the CX Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Thompson, Senior Partner Relationship Manager at Kubra. Finding the time and resources to thoroughly understand the customer journey can be difficult, but has been shown to pay significant dividends to businesses that make the effort. Namely, the better you understand customer expectations, the easier it is to tailor the customer experience to meet their specific needs. And in this episode of Experience Better, the CX podcast, Melina Kaya, co-founder of the Turn Lab, explains how to build a customer-centric business and create customer personas. Kaya, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me, Scott. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. So, you know, we we always like to dive right into it because we have limited time and we're all busy, busy, busy. So what is the first thing that organizations should do with clients trying to improve customer experiences? Awesome. Let's dive right in. First and foremost, it's really, really key to understand your why. So what is your business objective? What is your strategic imperative behind doing this work? You want to start with getting a sense of why with your internal stakeholders. Then you can inform what are we doing and how are we doing it? So that's the jumping off point. Once you have that, it's really important to start this process with an empathetic lens. You know, take the time to really deeply understand who your customer is, what their seeks are, what friction points are could arise for them, what gaps they have in their experience, and really use this as an exercise as a brand and organization to go, hey, we see you. We see you, customer. We see you, individual. And that's really, really important before you start building out any solution. And, you know, you mentioned empathy because in a lot of ways, empathy is either a lost art or uh, a, a trait that's it's difficult for many people to employ, not only in their personal lives, but especially in, in the business world. So I, I just love that you use that word because that really, to me, is something that really is going to be something that changes the world one interaction at a time. Yeah, and I think in business, we especially forget that we are feeling machines that think, not thinking machines that feel. And it's really important to remember that we are emotional beings in, in the business space and beyond. Yeah, well, I, I'm an emotional guy, and I take that into my business world. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but I am who I am. So <laughs> there, there you go. So in building a customer-centric business, personas and journey maps are important strategic tools. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what are journey maps and why are they important and how do you employ them as tools? Uh, and give us a little more background on some of this. Yeah, for sure. They absolutely are important tools. You want to make sure when you're building out the solution that it isn't biased so that you're not starting on a back foot at the onset. So I'll give myself as an example. I am a BIPOC female business owner, limited time. My experience and what I need from you or your organization is going to be completely different than let's say you, Scott. So the team that's building out the tools you want to make sure represents and reflects your audience as much as possible 
possible. You know, if you have a homogenous team building out a solution, there's going to be some holes and there's going to be some gaps that you won't address in terms of making sure that this tool actually sticks. So that's that's the first piece when you're building a customer-centric experience. Once you have really designed a solution with the customer in mind, then you can develop messaging, you can connect the dots, you can use that for your full customer journey from the moment they interface with you right up until the moment that they hopefully transact. So, okay, so there's a lot there to unpack for, for us laymen. You talk about the customer journey, you talk about specific tools, sort of what comes first. So, you know, let's maybe start with what are customer personas and what role do they play in the customer journey specifically? Yeah, so customer personas are really about not just understanding a demographic, but understanding the psychographic of your customer. So what's their mindset? What's their experience? Um, what are they feeling and needing and seeking? So like I mentioned earlier, it can sound a bit fluffy, but really this is an exercise in deeply understanding this person and being able to empathize. And then from there, building out a, a really robust solution. Once you have your, your personas developed, this is really how you use this as a blueprint to engage with them. Okay, I understand that Scott is missing this in his life and has children and doesn't have a ton of time. I'm going to intersect with him here. And then you build out the journey from there. Okay. So I'd imagine once you have these customer personas and you, I guess, have built out the customer journey, the world is constantly changing. And, and you know, obviously in the last 24 months, and I kind of grin, is like, yeah, the world has changed quite a bit uh, or just a little bit, depending on who you ask. But COVID really has uh, thrown a lot of this, I guess, preconceived or pre, even not even meditated, but uh, the work that you've done up to this point in terms of establishing customer personas and customer journeys, it probably has been changed a little bit as a result of COVID and the crazy world. So how do you factor that or how do you go about building customers' personas or updating them? I know it's sort of one and the same, you either build it or update it, but you're probably going through the same steps and, and employing the same tools. Yes, or? Yes and no. So I think... The first piece before we get into the how is approaching this with an infinite mindset versus a finite mindset. Okay. So personas and customer journeys are something that should constantly be, be evolving. The moment you go about this going, okay, I'm going to develop something, set it and forget it. You're missing the point. Our, your consumer, the market is constantly shifting. It's like operating in quicksand. So you have to be prepared and ready to dive in as an organization to be thinking 10, 20 years down the line, to be getting ahead of your cons consumer and really thinking this work is never done. Once you're there and you're ready to approach this with an infinite mindset, you know, it's really about research, 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 more research. And it's a combination of right. art and science. It's okay. not, it's not rocket science. You want to make sure that you have a really good balance of qualitative and quantitative research. 
and that you're not operating in an echo chamber. So make sure you're doing internal, external stakeholder workshops, developing and deploying surveys to internal and external groups, layering that with syndicated research like Enveronics to give you your best chance of a 360 view of who this group of consumers is. And that is all of this goes into sort of a, a soup pod and that's what creates the customer journey, if you will, um, is, I mean, you said research, research, research. So it's obviously one puzzle piece at a time. At what point do you sort of feel that you have the complete picture or do you ever feel you have the complete picture? The moment you feel you have the complete picture, I think you lose. Okay, good answer. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's constantly building out a puzzle that doesn't really have an end it should be in a constant state of evolution. You can get it close and start being able to do the work and build out your customer journeys from there. Um, but it's work that that shouldn't ever end. So it's it's very close and, and I would imagine, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that a, an aspect of creating the customer journey is you know, it sounds a lot like marketing to me or an aspect of marketing because, you know, I work very closely with our marketing team in terms of, uh, you know, creating a lot of this and, and enticing customers to come to our site and enjoy the experience and create. We are a customer experience podcast after all, you know, a customer experience, user experience um, and, and marketing has a lot to do with that. Do you pick up and then marketing takes over at some point or? So in terms of who do you get involved I think a lot of companies go, where does marketing begin, IT end, and building out that puzzle? Really, you should have a good cross-section across your organization. When you're thinking about a customer experience, yes, IT should have a voice at a table. It should be spearheaded by marketing. It should be spearheaded by a team that already understands the experience and is right. focused on the consumer. So when you're doing the work, when you're uncovering the why, when you start looking at, okay, what are we going to build and how are we going to do it? Make sure that you have a seat at the table for marketing, for right. IT, for your, from your sales team and have a really good cross section in terms of building out the solution. Does that answer your question? Sure. <laughs> it, uh, it, you know, it, it sure does. It sure does. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm always learning new things. So, and this is sort of something I want to talk about because we've talked about customer personas and we've talked about the customer journey. Where does all this come together or how does it come together? Uh, paint us a picture sort of where the rubber hits the road. If, and I like to use that expression because I don't know. I like to use that expression. I'll do my best in terms of how you bring together personas and the customer journey. It is different for every organization, but essentially a good starting point is, is you want to audit your existing customer journey. Okay. What do we have today? What are all of our touch points? Then as you build out your persona, you want to layer that on top, use that persona to identify gaps, friction points in the current journey. And then you use that to evolve, iterate, adapt, and um, really have the customer journey and the persona and evolving persona work in tandem to continue to build out your solution. And you talk about, okay, that's, let's dial into that a little bit, continuing to build out the solution. Isn't that the key? I mean, 
businesses always talk about execution and implementation being the issue that you can plan, 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 but it's really getting the arms and legs to mobilize, to see it through um, manageable and you know, quantifiable re results in all of this. I, I would imagine that that's got to be an ongoing management process, if not issue with many organizations that you can do the initial work, but, to, you know, managing the execution and shepherding uh, the organization to get those key results has got to be something that's a, a different challenge entirely. Yeah, adoption is huge. And I'll go back to where we started in terms of the why and making sure that you have the right stakeholders in the room when you're defining that, that's how you get the initial buy-in. Because as you work down the chain, there's people that's going, hey man, I just wanna do my job, okay? This is just more work on my plate. And I think someone once said to me, change is the only constant, humans hate change, hence human suffering. And <laughs> that goes with adopting any new program or solution so that you wanna make sure that you wanna create buy-in from the onset, make sure that everyone has a voice in the room when you start this process. That, you know, creates a lot less barriers to adoption when you're rolling this out. So having that why, making sure you have the right people in the room, and it's not just coming from an executive level, that you have a good cross-section of your team really informing these this decision. Then when you actually build out your solution, you want to, what I call, is use an impact filter. So what has the highest impact and the least amount of effort? That's probably where you want to start. Right. And then take each piece, one little bit at a time, with impact thinking first and, and save the stuff that takes the most amount of work, uh, maybe as a step two or three. And I would imagine there's a bit of a sort of a continuous improvement loop that you you do this work, you deploy it, execute it, track it, and then come together against what's working, what's not working, what did we do well, what didn't we do well, where do we need to focus? Um, to your point, it's it's a constantly evolving puzzle with new pieces every day. It is, and it can seem really big. So our company, we use an agile sprint approach for any new adoption to a process program client initiative. So let's say you pick a 30-day sprint, you have your product owner, you have right. your development team, and then you hyper-focus, get it across the, the finish line, get that hit of dopamine that everyone needs in terms of achieving a new milestone, right. and then learn, iterate, adapt, and then set your targets for your next 30-day sprint. So I think if the executive team is thinking 5, 10, 15 years down the track, and then the team's working on these projects and the adoption and implementation, getting hyper-focused is also, I think, something that's really beneficial whenever you're integrating a new system. And obviously the Proof is in the pudding, as they say, or you wouldn't even be here today speaking with us. So uh, in terms of customer experience, uh, a, definitely a worthwhile process for any organization to go through is really get to understand and empathize with your customer, know what their challenges are, know what their pain points are, and be there for them. Because again, that's how customer experience gets better, but that's how the world gets better. You know, one interaction at a time, and I like to say that because it's it is the human element in all of this that that makes the world a better place. So, let me ask you this, Melina. We like to ask all of our guests, you know, when or can you maybe share a time with us where you've experienced phenomenal customer service? Because we're all about the CX experience. So we like to shout out to organizations that are really truly doing it well and let them know about it and. Uh, 
I'm hoping, you know, not to put you on the spot, you might have something for us. I'm, you can't see it, but I'm smiling because this is an example I use so often. And with our internal IT teams, Frank, who's another one of our co-founders that leads the interactive team, he always used Sephora as an example now because of me. <laughs> so I... I'm a guy, so ed educate me about Sephora. I'll educate you. And I got my husband on Sephora because of the experience as well. So everything from the brick and mortar experience all the way to the online. So brick and mortar, I'll give you an example. They have a color-coded system for your shopping carts. So you can have red or black. Basically, one says, hey, leave me the heck alone. I know what I'm doing. I am an introvert. I don't want to talk to anyone. And then the other color indicates, yeah, I need some help. I don't really know what I'm doing. I have some questions. And then they cater that experience based on what you choose. So right off the gate, it's going, yeah, I see that there's multiple different experiences that people want to have shopping. And then online, I think about their, their search engine. Their search engine allows me to get whatever product I want in the way I want it. So I can choose from my age range, which, you know, is now 21, um, my skin complexion, my undertone of my skin, the brand I want, the product I want, the ingredients I want, however I want to shop, they have really profound uh, and robust algorithms that help support the loyalty program. So it's at every stage of the journey, Sephora gives me a nod saying, hey, I see you, I understand you, and I'm going to make this experience work for you. You know, just you said it right off the top, the color-coded shopping carts to me is is so simple yet so mind-blowing a concept that I'm surprised other organizations haven't employed that because we are different types of shoppers. I'm very much that introvert. I like to figure it out on my own. I don't like people bugging me. I don't like people coming up to me. I like reading the labels, leave me alone. But other people want that interaction. That's I was not aware. So uh, I definitely appreciate that. We definitely appreciate that. Like I said, we love hearing about organizations that are really knocking it out of the park. And I just want to say thank you very much for joining us today, Melina. It's been uh, a great experience. I've really enjoyed our conversation. And I look forward to having you back at some point in the future if you're open to it. Scott, yeah. it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And I would love, love, love to come back. It's Amazing. been a blast. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That's all for Experience Better, the CX podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please send us your questions and continue the conversation with us on Twitter or Facebook at Kubra Way. That's K-U-B-R-A-W-A-Y or on LinkedIn at Kubra. Thank you, everyone.